It was announced yesterday that the International Monetary Fund was in discussions with the government of Sri Lanka over a proposed bailout that included $3 billion in finances and $29 billion in debt restructuring. This is the latest development in the ongoing crisis that, since 2019, has resulted in political turmoil as Sri Lanka's national debt skyrocketed to 114% of its national debt. Amidst the turmoil, Dr. Sanjana Hatatua of the Disinformation Project is here to explain what's going on. Kia ora, Dr. Hatatua. Kia ora. While COVID-19 has had a substantial impact on the Sri Lankan economy, the role of economic mismanagement in this crisis is impossible to ignore. What reforms have taken place over the last few years to induce this economic state? Well, you call it reforms. I think most Sri Lankans would call it a cataclysmic set of cascading mismanagement and bad decisions that led to what, uh, what we are facing today. Um, a lot of this is linked to the former president, Gotabe Rajapaksa's manifestos, promises that he, after coming into power in uh, a presidential election held in November 2020, went on to implement. Uh, and broadly speaking, it had tax relief, uh, which was completely unsustainable. Uh, and then a series of decisions around uh, the agrarian sector, which completely debilitated production. And then, of course, you had the pandemic, which in 2020 wasn't, um, in 2019 rather, wasn't um, something that could be anticipated. Um, and so you had a perfect storm, as it were, of cataclysmic mismanagement and an inability to see how things would um, would would result as a consequence of those policies um, that on the back of a pandemic led to an unprecedented implosion of the country. You talked uh, about the macroeconomic collapse, but as listeners can imagine, it's led to a, a social, uh, communal, and a complete evisceration of the social uh, cohesion and the fabric of society as well. So it's a, it's it's. I struggle to find the words to capture the country as it stands today. Well, let's talk about um, President Rajapaksa for a second, or former President Rajapaksa for a mm. second here. He fled the country in July after protesters, of course, um, assaulted the uh, seat of government in Colombo. Him and his brother, former Prime Minister Mahinda Rajapaksa, left behind quite a complicated legacy of, you know, le- having led the country through the end of the civil- Sri Lankan civil war, but also incurred uh, allegations of multiple war crimes, human mm. rights violations, and again, as you say, ultimately brought about um, the present economic crisis with their gross mismanagement. How will the brothers be remembered by the people of Sri Lanka? Not for me to say, um, but I, I, I don't think too kindly. Now, you see, my hesitation in answering that is with the recent example of Bongbong Marcos coming back into power in the Philippines. Uh, Any Filipino of a certain age would remember the Marcos family in a particular way, but it seems to be the case, as Nobel Peace Laureate Maria Ressa said, that disinformation's ability to rewrite, to have a reputational laundromat, as it were, for violence, including crimes against humanity and war crimes, cannot be, you know, um, you know, ignored. So who knows how history will record them? I can speak with some authority as to how they are seen today, and that is as a toxic brand. The family, in its entirety, dogs and cats included, um, uh, you know, is is simply not tenable um, with regards to elected office. Now. In Sri Lanka, um, elected office isn't the only way to influence politics. So even out of power, they remain um, beaten and bruised, but 
um, uh, uh, well, perhaps bruised and battered, but not beaten, right. uh, and are still influential, and that's the way things go. Um, but I don't think history will look upon them kindly for uh, not just what you're asking me about, but as you also hinted at, uh, from 2010 or 29, 2009 onwards, a series of heinous violence, uh, including crimes against humanity, but also uh, astronomical corruption, extrajudicial killings, you name it, the, f- the family's been involved in it. Now, one of IMF's key concerns um, with, with the present crisis, at a macroeconomic level, as you point out, um, is the high portion of bilateral debt that's controlled by the People's Republic of China. Uh, what is the likelihood of China using this debt to leverage Sri Lanka, and what are some of the potential implications of this for the Sri Lankan people? Well, that's a that's a slight misreading. I mean, the Chinese debt is considerable, but isn't the result isn't is isn't the reason for the country's macroeconomic uh, 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 conundrum at the present moment? Uh, we our debt portfolio has more debt outside of the PRC's uh, 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 money given or or, or lending. Um, so it's 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 more complicated than what I think the Western media often posits it to be. However, China does have a, 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 a significant role in the country's politics. We are part of the the Global Belt and Road Initiative, the BRI. Uh, you know, the Chinese have a huge presence insofar as infrastructure is concerned. They have a big port in the south. Uh, they have an airport. Um, they want to kind of get other infrastructure projects going. Um, and so there's a geopolitical aspect to this. So they do have a huge role in the country's uh, in the country's politics, if not developmental or and, and lending portfolio. Um, so to put it simply, the IMF wants a debt restructuring. The Chinese will have a, a, a big role to play in that. We don't know what they're going to say. Uh, the current debt is unsustainable, as you as you very correctly pointed out. Uh, and it remains to be seen how the ongoing negotiations with the IMF concurrently with uh, bilateral conversations with the Chinese um, will result in a debt relief framework to get us out in the years ahead. Now, this is not going to be something that is immediate in terms of relief, but the Chinese need to be part of a discussion, um, ironically, um, even after they have contributed to where Sri Lanka is today, as a consequence of what the Rajapaksas have done with the Chinese. So let me be very clear. It's not as if China came in unannounced and uninvited. The blame fairly uh, uh, falls on the Rajapaksa family. Now, the resignation of the entire cabinet in April and loan defaults in May led to the protests that I mentioned and that ultimately uh, deposed or or played a role in in, in the fleeing of President Rajapaksa. Mm. We saw Sri Lankan community groups um, in Auckland and here mm. in Dunedin as well actually mm. uh, form part of a global protest movement mm. against this. How are these expatriate groups kind of responding to the crisis? And uh, is their is is their contribution leaving a you know a more positive mark kind of in determining the future of this crisis? You know, uh, has has the expatriate Sri Lankan community, or will it rather, play a positive role in in influencing how how Sri Lankans get through? this time, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, I hope so. Mm. I hope so. Um, the uh, protests in the country from mm. March 31st to, say, the 9th of July were unprecedented. They were geographically dispersed and demographically diverse. We've never seen anything like it. It was called the Go Home, Go Movement uh, or the Aragale. Aragale is a singular term meaning movement. 
Um, and so the as you it, it was Melbourne, it was Sydney, it was Dunedin, it was Christchurch, it was Auckland, it was all over the place. Uh, and uh, listen, these things have take a life of their own, and it's very difficult as an advanced projection to say how things will go. But the expatriates have played a role in so far as they've held up the family to. Um, uh, 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 you know, uh, a, a judgment, as it were, you know, uh, to to take full account um, of their role in getting the country to where it is, and I hope that the expatriates will continue to hold the the family accountable for far more, uh, a wider, broader gaze that looks into, uh, for example, allegations of war crimes and crimes against humanity, and accountability for a huge number of other crimes, including extrajudicial killings. So that conversation, I think, has to continue, and I hope that the expatriates around the world will kind of support um, the fuller. Uh, uh, a fuller capture of Sri Lanka's democratic potential, which as of today remains as suspect as it as it was. So one hopes for um, brighter pastures in the future. Dr. Hatatua, thank you again for joining us today. Kia ora. That was Dr. Sajana Hatatua of the Disinformation Project talking about the current uh, and ongoing political crisis in Sri Lanka. That was the Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.